Hey guys, welcome back to Roundtable Rundown. This is Gideon here with Will and Alex, and we are very honored today to be with the amazing USC track star, Anna Cockrell. Anna, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So um, we just wanted to jump right in. You know, track season coming up. I'm sure you guys are already training. <laughs> and so <laughs> the grind never stops, right? Never. Oh, my gosh. I'm so tired. <laughs> so we just kind of wanted to talk about, you know, obviously an amazing finish to the year last year, you know, with you guys winning the championship. What are the pressures or what are the expectations going into the year? I mean, are there any pressures to repeat or what's what's that like, especially coming from the amazing coach of Coach Carey? You know, I think, I don't know, there's always kind of been pressure because we've, my my previous two years and this year as well, you know, we've always had good teams. We've known we have an incredible amount of potential to do really well. Um, so there's pressure my freshman year. There's pressure last year. So sure. I think the pressure has remained constant. Um, I mean, being champions, it does kind of add something because now instead of fighting for something, we're defending something. Right. Um, but I think, you know, we're kind of dealing with it because, you know, our head coach, we at one of our first meetings, she was basically just like, hey, you know, we won the national championship. That's great. But we're done talking about it. Sure. Um, she was like, I don't want to see the video. I don't want to talk about it anymore unless like it's over. We have to unless right. we're doing a university <laughs> yeah. kind of thing, yeah. unless we're doing something for the donors. Right. So hmm. um, I think kind of putting last year on the shelf is a good way of trying to trying to manage the pressure, especially since we do have a lot of freshmen. Sure. Um, it's a new team. Right. And I think that's kind of the most exciting thing about it and why I, and of course we're kind of far out from competing right now, but I'm not feeling it too much just because, you know, we had some great seniors. We lost a couple of them, but we really only lost three scores. And then we gained so many other people. We have really good freshmen. We've got a transfer who's great. And then just reflecting back on, on the championship last year, there were so many things that just did not go according to plan. Sure. And we were still able to pull it off. <laughs> In an amazing um, fashion, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So I think just kind of knowing that there's so much room for us to improve on a team that was already really good and we have more pieces than we had even last year, I think is how we're kind of dealing with the pressure and just focusing on being as good as we can be, making as many small improvements as possible until, you know, it's time for championship season. Right. You said that, you know, it's a young team this year. I know last year you were a sophomore, now you're a junior. Like, how is your roles kind of switching as you're, you know, rising up in the ranks? Yeah. Um, so, you know, last year, I was a captain last year. I'm a captain this year as well. But mm. last year I was a captain with two other seniors. And so I kind of, you know, was more comfortable taking a bit more of a backseat role and kind mm -hmm. of letting them um, dictate how things went and be more of an enforcer versus, like, trying to set things and set rules and like, you know, I'm not really a discipliner. That's not my style. I'm never going to yell at anybody. Yeah. Right. I'm never really going to get in anyone's face. And so that hasn't really changed, but this year I've, I have taken a much more active role, a much more vocal, visible role than just kind of, you know, backing up what my other captains say. So I think that's been the biggest change. And for me, you know, I do have to get comfortable, yeah. you know, sometimes being hard on people because a lot of the time what will happen is like, our head coach will be like, hey, captains, why isn't this person doing this? Why is yeah. this person doing that? Get right. them together. Because I'm like, hey, like, I don't want any problems. You don't want any problems. Don't make my life harder, basically. Because sure. <laughs> I don't like to, you know, I never know what's going on in someone's life. So right. I'm never going to be the kind of person to get in anybody's face. Right. But um, really just working on my communication style, setting the best example I can. You know, when things aren't perfect, when we're up at five in the morning, going to the hill, just trying to be positive, giving out good energy so that people will, you know, hopefully feed off of that and, and want to do the right thing and want to be on time versus, you know, 
feeling like they're forced and feeling uncomfortable and stressed. Right. So now that you're a captain for another year and you're also a student, by the way, which is no small feat within uh, <laughs> itself. Especially so, at USC. Especially at USC. Right. So how do you balance those um, challenges of both being a captain of a very successful team that demands that getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning and doing those hills, yeah. but also balancing the hard academic work of USC? Yeah, honestly, the biggest thing that I do that I think is something that like college students in general, not just college athletes, but all college students don't do enough is like going to class. <laughs> like really obvious, but a lot of people just don't go to class and I just don't, I don't get that. So I'm graduating a year early. So this is technically my senior year. Even oh, wow. Oh. It's only my third year at school. Congratulations. So I had a lot of, Very cool. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I had a lot of freedom, a lot more than like, you know, a freshman or a sophomore would in kind of designing my schedule. So, you know, I intentionally made it so that Monday and Tuesday I've got class, but I've got no class Wednesday. I have one class Thursday, no class Friday. Sounds pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like I kind of organize my schedule so that, you know, I can kind of have a lot of free time at the end of the week to get my work done, get my life together. And then one thing I struggle with from an athletic standpoint is I don't get enough sleep. I don't recover well. Um, I don't like to sleep, which is like a weird thing, but so, you know, I kind of organize my schedule to try to really focus on bettering that part of myself, getting more sleep and recovering and and just taking care of myself more. And so, yeah, just as far as managing everything for me, it's about having a clear idea of what it is that I have to do. So it's, it's staying on top of my coursework. It's, doing my best not to procrastinate because you know, procrastination <laughs> is just it's so easy to that's do how everything <laughs> yeah it's easy to do but that's how everything kind of falls apart so yeah i just i really try i take good notes in class i i try to be as active in class as i can be i'll review my notes usually like the day after right um i'll review kind of like you know when I, i'll get to class a couple minutes early go over the previous notes from the previous lecture well, just kind of doing like little things mm-hmm. to reinforce the material so that it's not like I'm, I'm relearning and reteaching myself things when it's time for like a midterm. Right. And so I hate to interrupt, but do you ever no, find yourself actually like studying, you know, before a track meet or um, on an away trip or is it just, you know, you're laser focused right before a, a game? Or a I will never study at a meet. Mm-hmm. I like I'll read for fun at meets because right. when I get nervous, I like to kind of turn my brain down. off just a little right. bit. Yeah. But I'll never study at a meet. What I will do, I, I'll always bring my homework when we travel just because a lot of the time, and this really won't be an issue this year, but, you know, previously we would leave on like a Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. So you miss Thursday and Friday class if you have Thursday mm-hmm. and Friday class. So right. you kind of have to have your stuff with you. So, yeah, I'll bring my homework with me because we'll have a lot of downtime like in the hotel. Mm-hmm. Like usually kind of our, our schedule for meets, like when we travel, basically we'll get in, we'll go to the track, we'll do like a like a competition kind of thing, a shakeout, we'll do blocks. It's like a smaller kind of workout. We'll go back to the hotel, we'll do dinner, and then we just kind of have like free time. So I'll use that time to do work if I can to get treatment. A lot of meets, sometimes they'll be at night. So mm-hmm. if you have like, if I have the whole day before I have to like start getting ready, I'll use like the first couple hours of the morning, like right after breakfast, I'll get some work done, I'll take a nap. And then when I wake up now, it's like, okay, I'm zoned in for the track. But, um, right. yeah, I, I have to use it. And on the plane, um, I try to do work as well just because, you know, it's hard when you get back on a Sunday and you have to get ready for the next week, but you're kind of burnt out. Yeah, so of I course. don't like to try to put everything on that Sunday and think I'm going to get so much work done. It's going to be so productive. Right. That never happens. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> it never happens. So I yeah. try to get as much done 
as possible during the week and in the days leading up to the meet. Right. I don't know if I answered your question about like. No, you definitely did. That was good. (laughs) Don't worry. So just continuing on that theme of uh, self-care. I remember over the summer when we first came to talk to us, you said that you uh, had continued to use a sports psychologist. So uh, how impactful do you think that can be for an athlete? And what's the problem with stigma about mental health in the sports world? Yeah, you know, for me, it's been really impactful. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been a real asset in, I think, my development. And so, you know, I'm really close to my family. I'm really close to my parents and my siblings, but there's some things that it's just better to talk to like a professional about. Sure, right. Um, and so what I really appreciate about the sports psychologist that I go to see is that, you know, she's trained in specifically dealing with athletes and the pressures that kind of the unique pressures that kind of come from being a student athlete. So, yeah, I the main thing we kind of talk about is like finding balance, like for me, finding like my personal balance sure. between mm. um you know, school between track and just myself, because I have a tendency to be like super up and super hype and everything's great. And then like one bad thing will happen. It's like, I'm super low and I'm super sure. Sure. So she's helping me kind of learn to navigate like the highs and lows. And when I'm starting to feel like I'm not feeling so great, I'm feeling like I might be getting low. What are some strategies I can use to like, to feel better, to handle the feelings? Um, when I'm homesick, what should I do? That kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, um, I think it's so interesting because there definitely is, I mean, at at least in our experience, there's definitely some sort of stigma around mental health, whether um, it be negative or not. And I feel like in this, you know, these past few years, especially, it's kind of changed a little bit, which has been so great, you know, with like all these NBA athletes talking about their mental health struggles or, um, you know, whatever it is. And so I think it's so important, you know, no matter the level, high school, professional or even collegiate, um, that there's some sort of resource because everybody deals with something, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and I think that's why I kind of try to talk about the fact that I go and see a psychologist because people do view it negatively. And sometimes it is hard for me to be like, oh, I have therapy today. Like, because people kind of like side at you and they're like, what are you in therapy for? Yeah. (laughs) You know, you don't want people to be all in your personal life. But what I found is that, you know, sharing my story and like, you know, my freshman year, there's a lot that kind of went on in my life. My, I was really, really homesick. My grandfather passed away unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And I was really depressed. Sure. And I didn't utilize any resources. I right. just kind of was like, I'm just going to sit here and work really hard and tough it out. And eventually, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff doesn't work. And some people can't right. do that. I was really high functioning when I was depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people didn't know what I was going through. So I really try to kind of share my story in hopes that maybe someone else will understand or like think, that, you know, hey, it's okay to go to therapy. Like, exactly. It's not like this weird thing. Right. I mean, sometimes it can be uncomfortable to talk about like, you know, stuff that makes you sad or like the things you're going through. Yeah, but sure. It's really helped me. Right. And, I, and I'm really excited about the fact that, I mean, I'm sad that people are struggling, but I'm glad that more people are feeling confident enough and comfortable enough to talk about it. Yeah. Right, um, right. Exactly. I think that's been great. Yeah, I mean, you said you said you're super close with your family and all, and we know your brother Ross is a big cornerback for the Panthers, and you have a bunch of siblings. What's it like growing up in a household that you know cultivates that athletic nature, like with such great athletes? You know. Yeah, um, I mean, it was just competitive. <laughs> <laughs> it was really competitive growing up. Um, I'm the youngest of three, so my brother's six years older than me. My sister's just a year older than me. Mm-hmm. So we we're all really, really close. Um, but, you know, my dad was an athlete as well. So we just like little things like we would go to like dinner, we would go to a movie 
And then when we would walk back to the car, my dad would just be like, we're racing and like bust out running to the car. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. We used to play like basketball in our driveway with my brother, my sister versus my brother. So we were just always kind of competing with each other, having a good time, going to each other's events. Um, We were always at my brother's football and basketball games. And then when we were younger, my sister and I were gymnasts. So, you know, a lot of weekends were at, were at meets for gymnastics. Wow. Wow. So it was just a lot of sports growing up, but it was great because we kind of got to watch everyone's, you know, struggles and everyone's successes and that. And I think there's a lot of beauty in that. Um, Just watching the path that both my brother and my sister have taken um, in their sports has been really inspiring to me and, and having their support, you know, now, um, I mean, they've always supported me, but having their support is just great. You know, they text each other before big games, before big meets. They always watch. My brother like always says this thing to me because, they, they know I don't sleep enough, so I was like, charge the stars. Charge the stars. <laughs> so it's just, it's really wonderful. And, you know, I'm, I like little things when I'm getting ready for me. Like, I like different lip glosses. I like different hairstyles. Sure. So, like, I'll text my brother and my sister. And, and now my, my brother's wife, my sister-in-law, we have, like, a little group text. I'm like, yeah. what hair do you guys think I should do for this meet? That's awesome. And, it, like, it doesn't matter that much. But, right. Like, you know, the little things do matter. It's yeah. great yeah, to just absolutely. kind of to talk through stuff with them. That's really yeah, great. It, it was, way to grow up <laughs> <laughs> so just kind of to wrap up here um we would just like to you know at our school um i know you know courtney corin and mm-hmm. um alex barnum both came from our school harvard westlake um we have a lot of really great athletes i was wondering if you could just give any advice to any recruited athlete from any sport maybe just talk about your recruiting process a little bit you know maybe why you chose usc yeah so i think the most important thing that i did was like eighth grade, freshman year, I decided I want to run track at a major division one program. Wow. Um, and when I made that decision, I wasn't like, I'm going to do it. I like went in, I went on like, I don't know if it's different now. Cause I was, Oh my gosh, like what, six years ago, mm-hmm. a long time ago, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I went on like the NCAA website and they had this like kind of step-by-step guide of things you should be doing like each year. If you want to like be a collegiate athlete. Right. So it was like, you know, look at the standards of your sport look at who like look at the level you want to go to and see what the people are doing so for track that's really easy because you can just look at times of your people in your event sure so um i looked at runners i admired runners at schools that i thought i might want to go to in the future i looked at their times now i looked at their times in high school and so that kind of gave me like a blueprint for what i need to do just from a track standpoint um And that's, I think, the most important thing, evaluating where you want to go and if it's really feasible. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people kind of get caught up like, I have to go D1, I have to go D1. Sure. Mm -hmm. And and that's a great goal and that's wonderful. And, you know, I'm a Division I athlete. It's been a great experience. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with going D2 or D3. I think that's great Um, advice. And I think, yeah, and, you know, I think sometimes people get so stuck on one school or going D1 or, like, this one dream. Right. And it's great to have a dream, but, you know, you have to be realistic and you have to do what's going to give you – the best overall experience. Sure. And right, I think absolutely. that's the biggest piece of advice I'd give is to don't go to any one school for one thing. Mm-hmm. That's why I ended up choosing USC because I, I, I was fortunate enough to be recruited by a lot of schools. I took all five official visits right? and you know, there was nothing inherently negative about any of the other schools, but USC just had everything that I was looking for. It had a strong team. It had a strong coaching staff. I knew I wanted to go into journalism or communication. It had Annenberg. The mm-hmm. comm school is great. Mm-hmm. I liked LA. I liked the environment. I liked the people that I met. The football game was fun. Yeah. You know, checked it checked all the boxes. Had, right. It checked all the boxes. 
and I think that's that's really important. Just I would the main thing I would say is don't get caught up on one single factor, one mm. singular thing. Um, look at the whole the whole package. And then the other thing I would say to anyone going through the recruiting process is just to listen to yourself and trust yourself because USC was not where anyone wanted to go. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, my mom wanted me to go to UCLA. Whoa. My high school coach wanted me to go to UCLA and my dad wanted me to go to Texas. So <laughs> <laughs> trust yourself. Wanted me, Follow your right, heart. No. wanted me to come here. But, um, you know, I was on this visit and, and I just knew that this was where I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Right, I right. knew it was the right place for me. And I had a lot of arguments with my high school coach about it. Look who you are now. You're a right. champion. So. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it all works out. I was right in the end. It all works out. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I just really kind of – and, you know, they, they were supportive ultimately. They didn't necessarily agree, but they were like, we're going to support you in whatever you do. And that was that was really great. Right. But, you know, right. eventually I just had to kind of sit down with everyone and be like, I'm going to USC. Yeah. I can't explain what it is that's telling me I'm supposed to go there, but I know I'm supposed to. Yeah. Right. And you're, um, you're the athlete, so that's the yeah. most important thing. Right. You know, it's my college experience. Exactly. You know, my mom exactly. and my dad, my coach, they went to college. They had their whole thing already. Yeah. So, you know, it was my turn to make a decision for myself. So, yeah, that's – I think those are my two biggest pieces of advice. Well, those know? are definitely two great pieces of advice. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Thank and you I so think much we're, for coming yeah, on. Yeah, I think we're – that's, you know, a, really a perfect interview. We're so appreciative of you doing this. You were truly amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. No, it's a huge thank help. you guys. Thank you. This is unbelievable. No problem. <laughs> Thank you so much again for doing this, and I mean, yeah, that was no amazing. Problem. Wish you got, wish you the best of luck. Yeah, and... good luck this year. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks, Anna. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of Roundtable Rundown. At this week's exclusive interview with USC sprinter Anna Cockrell, this was Gideon Hyman, Will Mallory, and Alex Hyman, and we'll see you guys again next week for another episode of Roundtable Rundown. <laughs>